This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show, but it's only part of the big show. But uh, it's uh, we're still good. You know, I'm here, Gordon Monson. Austin Horton is producing and featuring Hans Olsen. Special treat having Hans do double duty today. Hans, we appreciate you doing that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll get into some stuff today that only Hans can analyze. So I'm looking forward to doing that. But right now, Hans, we have Matt Chazanow, Washington State play-by-play voice. Matt? How are you? Hey, Matt. I'm doing great, guys. It's great to talk to you. I'm excited to talk ball. We're just about there. Yeah, we're we're, we're pretty handsome. Where are you on the scale from zero to ten as far as eagerness goes? I'm at a, at a ten point five. Like yeah. it's it's time. I bet you're feeling that way too, Matt. Oh, for sure. I've been a year and a half at a ten point five, boys. <laughs> I can't wait. It's fun for it's fun for this year too because Washington State's actually playing for the Utah State Championship, which is awesome. We've got. <laughs> Utah State, Utah, BYU. I'm disappointed it's not Weber State instead of Portland. We could go with every school in the state of Utah. I don't know why not. So how are the Cougars going to be this year? Have you gotten your mitts around that at all? What a a great question. Mm. What a phenomenal question. I bet Um, it surprises you, right? (laughs) Well, for real, it's easier easier asked than answered. Uh, There's their question marks. The the whole QB situation is still open. I know that sounds wild, and everybody's naming their starters now, but I, th- th- this is still – if somebody jumps out and plays great tomorrow and Friday and even early next week, it's their job. It's going to be either Jared Garantano or Jaden DeLora. Garantano's the Tennessee transfer, and neither of them have, have jumped out and taken it. They have the most experience and probably the most talent. And – It'll be one of those two guys, but it also could be both those guys. I mean, it's just not settled yet. That's a huge part of how good this team will be. The defense is very experienced, a lot of returners, but they haven't been great over the last few years. I feel like they feel like they have something to prove. But the strength of the team, by far, offensive line and running game, it's it's one of the Pac-12's best. And that's locked in. And Max Borgie's a pro. Abe Lucas, are the right tackle, is a pro. They've got a really experienced left tackle. The center, Brian Green, is excellent. So th- there will be time in the pocket and there will be room to run. Now, Matt, you've done it because Hans is a former NFL offensive lineman. So that's all we're going to talk about. <laughs> Let's just here stay on. right here. Let's just talk about the trench. No. No, <laughs> Let's no, do it. Let's no, do it. we'll jump outside of that. I, I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about Coach Rolovich. I want to know, there's three groups of people I'm interested in how they've responded to him coming in as a head coach. The players, the administration, and the fans. How is he being received, and, and what type of connection does he have with those three areas right now? The players really love him. You know, he's a player's coach. He would tell you that. He's a really, and he's a really nice guy. He's a really affable. Is sort of a, a very disarming. You know, some coaches can be kind of aloof, little little bit above the fray he's not that guy he's very very kind 
a firm handshake, looks you in the eye, really pleasant, loves to talk. You know, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on off the field that I think is really public with the administration, and that's that's been um, something they need to work on and figure out how to resolve some things. And um, and then, you know, the, the fans, I think, aren't really sure what to make of the whole situation because he's only been here – well, he's been here for a year and a half. He's only played four games. And I think there's just inherent in that a lot of question marks. I think COVID threw a whole wild curveball to everybody, but – maybe even more so to teams that didn't have continuity. You know, everybody knows what Kyle Whittingham and the program and the vision are for over a decade. That's not the case with Nick Rolovich and, and Washington State. So I think fans are they, – they, they know he's a really nice guy and, and they know that he had success at Hawaii. And I, I think it's sort of almost like a first year of sorts still for him from a fan perspective. Does anybody even talk about Mike Leach anymore? Mike Leach made a really lasting impact here because of how much success he had. I mean, Mike Leach will, in his own way, never be forgotten. One, for all the things he said off the field and all the, you know, he's quirky and fun and really, really bright and, and says different things that are, he says things that are unique. And, um, but he, he's a heck of a football coach. I mean, five straight bowls, almost went to the Pac-12 title multiple times, was just a win away. So, you know, I don't think there's like a, a, you know, it's been almost two years now since he moved on to Starkville. So it's the fans understand that it's time for a new era. But, you know, Mike Leach had incredible success here. And, and I think a lot of fans really admire the way he ran the air raid, the way he has a structure and a system, what he did at Texas Tech happened again in Pullman and I would expect it to happen again in Starkville. Who's more beloved, Mike Price or Mike Leach? Oh man, they're so different. I mean Mike Price comes back a lot. Mike Price is a is is one of the most beloved coaches I think for any program in America. It's it's almost a little unfair to Mike Leach. Mike Price is one of my favorite people. He's one of every Cougs favorite coaches and favorite people. And he, he was here for almost 15 years, um, two Rose Bowls, a great, just a great guy. And, and I think, you know, if you're going to go with a, a superlative list of lovability, I mean, I, I don't know if Mike Price is, um, is compared with anybody in any program anywhere. It's just such a, he's, he's such a warm, warm person so you know i i don't know I, I hate to compare guys that way in that way it's a tough question but mike price is very loved you know it's interesting uh, that we bring those two names up because i had an opportunity to interview both of them at length and i went down to utah when mike was down there and spent the day with him matt and we just we just i followed him around all day long and it, it was really really interesting and i learned a lot about football from his mind and uh, about his personality and what he thought was important. And, of course, that was after what happened to him at Alabama. And so we talked a little bit about that. And I learned as much about quarterback play from Mike Leach inside of an hour as I have ever known before. And he was, I'll never forget, he was fixing a bike. And he was right in the middle of breaking down. While you're interviewing Yes. Him? And right in the middle of breaking down uh, the uh, you know the the most important aspects to quarterback play, he'd start swearing because he had the wrong wrench in his hand or something. <laughs> he was fascinating, and I'm sure you really got a kick out of that up there for all those years. So let me ask you this: How 
what is the ceiling for Washington State football? I mean, if you were, we were talking about on the reg, season after season after season, uh, is this is this a football program that could be at the pack of the, the top of the Pac-12, or is this a football program that every once in a while will peak up there, but uh, not not regularly? I love this question. I, I have a, I have strong opinions about this question. I am admittedly biased, but there are things Washington State could do that. Let's take a step back even further. The Pac-12 is very similar to the ACC. And the Pac-12 lives in a footprint much like the ACC, but there's no SEC out here on top of it. So the Pac-12 owns the, the West Coast. There's no doubt about that. Washington State feels very parallel in a lot of ways to a couple ACC schools. And one of them is Virginia Tech. Blacksburg is a lot like Pullman. It has similar geographic advantages or disadvantages, depending on how you look at it. They have a, a football-heavy history and uh, basketball facilities that are comparable, et cetera. Washington State could do certain things, and I think intends to, and they're, they're working on building new facilities and upgrading and augmenting what Mike Leach did here to try to do what – you started out by saying, and that is to perennially, you know, to annually win the pack, or try to win the pack. And that is, if you look back at Washington State's history, three straight 10-win seasons, Mike Price with the, the two Rose Bowls, incredible quarterbacking history with, with really, it's Washington State and, and Stanford that have the, the two best Pac-12 quarterbacking histories if you look back at the talent that's been through here. And I, I think they feel like the anomaly here and the real problem was the long dip that they had in the early aughts. And the rest of it is a fairly rich history. They feel like the 67-year Rose Bowl gap that was snapped in 97 should be uh, a thing of the past. And, and Washington State's other school that, if they build it right and hire the right coaches and, and keep good going here, is Clemson. Now, I know that sounds hyperbolic, but... There are a lot of similarities to what Tommy Bowden was doing at Clemson and what Mike Leach did at Washington State. You know, Clemson, you used to be Clemsoning it was, was losing to a school you weren't supposed to and knocking yourself out of contention in the ACC. That was what was going on under Bowden. They were really good. They were seven, eight, nine win teams with pros in a remote area, in an academically inclined league with a lot of similarities. And they hired Dabo and then they fundraised and built the right things and it really popped clemson is new as this kind of football power they were not always doing what they're doing so i think that's overlooked i think that perspective is missed that would be a height never before reached for washington state to consistently and always do that but i think the administration's going for that i think they feel like they can you brought up a, a really interesting aspect of that and that is the hiring and retaining of dabo swinney you know, you talk about the importance of coaching in the Pac-12 and how many coaches we've seen cycle through. Every time we're at the Pac-12 media days, we're introducing two or three new Pac-12 coaches, and it's just really hard to find the mix. And, and that, that's why I asked so many questions about Rolovich. I'm a huge fan of Rolovich and, and what he does. And I've always loved interviewing him at Mountain West Conference media days when he was with Hawaii. But the question is, can he win with Washington State? I think that that's a big question there. 
I think it's TBD. I mean, it, you know, I'd be, uh, I think he certainly can. I don't think there's any doubt he can. And he proved winning multiple games over packed schools with Hawaii that he can beat packed teams and the run and shoot works when it's run correctly. And, and the run and shoot in and of itself is a really fascinating topic and what he wants to install here. But uh, I, I think that the program in terms of year to year annually can they, they don't even real I think Coug fans don't even realize how good it can get and they want to go back to the Rose Bowl they've been there they weren't there so long ago and they've been close with, with Mike Leach and um, you know it's funny the Sun Bowl team you mentioned Mike Price saw Mike Price a ton when the Cougs were constantly in contention for the Sun Bowl he was a Sun Bowl representative and he still has a house in Coeur d'Alene and Mike Price is uh, an integral part of the fabric of being a Coug. And, and he, you know, he, he, he reminds Coug fans like it wasn't that long ago and he did it passing the ball. And there's, there's this, there's this really fun, rich contemporary history of Cougar football success that, that, you know, wasn't resourced properly under Paul Wolf. They, they know that they know how it can kind of bottom out. Uh, it shouldn't ever again to that point at least not anytime soon. And, um, and that would happen only if it was, you know, you got to take the foot way off the gas pedal and they're not going to do that. So uh, they're excited here. They, they just want, they want to get kicked off is what they really want. They want to hand the ball off to Max Borgie and, and try to get some football wins. Matt Chazanow, the, uh, the voice of the Washington State Cougars, joins us here on the big show. Matt, let me ask you, you mentioned that uh, that the Cougars are going to face BYU, Utah, and Utah State. Do you have any thoughts on those opponents? Well, BYU is really good. You know, I don't know if they're as good as they were last year. Zach Wilson's been really good in preseason for the Jets. He was a phenomenal QB. Utah State, new head coach, but some honorable mention returning all Mountain West guys on D. I think they went portal for their quarterback. So, you know, the Aggies aren't picked highly in the Mountain West, but Blake Anderson's a really good coach. I, I really think that Utah State is going to come in here looking to, to win a football game. I mean, I know that sounds really cliche and, you know, kind of coach speak, but uh, Utah State's been a really good program. You know, I mean, they're pumping out NFL guys. Um, and then Utah is annually toward the top of, of their division in the pack. I, I could not respect Kyle Whittingham – and what he does and what he's done with Utah anymore. I mean, when the Utes joined the pack from the Mountain West years ago, I think there was some there was some questions as to how that would work for both TCU and the Big 12 and Utah and the Pac-12. I mean, the Utes have been one of the top teams in the league. They've been, they've been a machine pumping out pros on defense, and Tyler Huntley's in the NFL, uh, Zach Moss is in the NFL, uh, the, the Utah Ute program has been phenomenal and consistently phenomenal. So that's a really hard game. The Cougs and Utes have played classics against each other, and, and I'm really excited for, for that ball game. All right, Matt, look, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks for, uh, thanks for spending some time with us. Great season in front. Okay, guys, you bet. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, All right, Matt, Matt Chesnow, play-by-play voice of the Cougars up in Pullman. They are running the cycle here in Utah. Yeah. All three teams. So um, I think that's going to be. And what will their record be against those uh, three teams? You think it'll be it'll be one and two. Yeah. BYU and Utah get them. I just think that Blake Anderson's crew is too disheveled right now. I think it's a, 
it could be a good. It really could be a good football team, but bringing that many transfer pieces and trying to put it all together with a new staff and doing it quickly, I think that's going to be pretty difficult. All right, Hans Olsen is with us today. We're going to break down uh, the talent level of the Utes and maybe get to that BYU defense as well. Hans has been studying all this stuff, and we'll look forward to what he has to say about those teams coming up next on The Big Show.